1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the No Bed Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's Canine Educator, the podcast where we love, live, and of course, work with dogs. Hey, thank you guys so much for joining me here today. This podcast is brought to you by my friends over at Dogtra. They're my favorite e-collar, remote collars to use during dog training. You can visit them at online at www.dogtra.com for all of the remote collar training collars, etc. So today we have a online session. Um, This is an individual that uh, has a service dog, a young service dog that actually was attacked outside of a dog park, Um, and so she's just trying to go through the right precautions to get her dog and herself out of this rut of being nervous around other dogs, and the dog has definitely adopted out some some nervous and anxiety tendencies around other dogs because of this issue, which I know a lot of people have a lot of issues with this type of stuff where something traumatic had happened and it's hard to like get out of that rut as well as just basic dog reactivity on the leash. So this is going to be a podcast regarding that. I I really uh, enjoyed talking to this individual about their dog um, because it was, it was good. It was a lot of good information about obedience and counter conditioning and dealing with uh, anxiety and stress about being out. And um, I've been there, so I know how it is. So uh, a couple notes moving forward from that. I hope everyone is, safe uh right now if you're listening to this in the future this is the coronavirus epidemic lockdown uh here in new york state we're basically locked down at least for another week of uh not being able to do much so i just wanted to say that uh you know we're we're still here recording and filming stuff uh with with my dogs and doing lives on youtubes and of course recording podcasts so i hope this uh gives you guys something to do during this time and uh learn some more stuff about their dog or your dog And I appreciate you guys. And as far as the seminar in Cleveland, Ohio in May, we're still a go for that. Um, that, that's still a month and change away. And, uh, I think we're still okay for that. And if it's not, I will let everybody know uh, as soon as possible. But I think we're going to be okay for that. And again, that's May 16th and 17th in Cleveland, Ohio. You can buy tickets at my website. Uh, You just have to visit www.americascanineeducator.com slash calendar. And you guys can sign up and view details there. And here we go with the podcast. Hello? Hey, good morning, Cheyenne. It's Tom.
0: Oh, right, hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good.
1: Good. Where are you, where, hey, are you um, where are you at?
0: Uh, California, Davis. Cool. Davis, California. Yeah. Um, do you mind if I record this just for my Oh, yeah, absolutely. Records? Cool. Okay, All good. Let get this going
1: here. Ready to go. I have your notes here um about Stark. And yeah. so right now uh Stark's still 11 months old, I would assume. Yeah, Okay. Yeah,
0: he's going to be a year and like a week and a half. Right?
1: Okay. So you got attacked. Um, he's a service dog, right? And then a few yeah. months ago, you got attacked by another dog, and now Stark is reactive. Um,
0: yeah, so he's always had like like confidence issues around other dogs, mm-hmm. and so like strange dogs. Like So like my friends have dogs. He's great around them. He plays really, really well, but it's just he's always been like kind of the more submissive dog, like – lacking some confidence and so around strange dogs he's always been super distracted and so I took him to a dog park Mm. um we didn't go in I I don't go in dog parks like it's just a bunch of dogs running around completely out of control I'm with you um and so we went to this dog park and a dog literally like jumped the fence and like attacked him Mm. and I didn't respond the best like I got really mad at the owner I was like dude get the dog out of here like sure what are you doing like and i think that had a lot to do with it but now when he sees when he sees strange dogs or if he hears dog tags or like anything he's mm. like it started off with like really like textbook reactivity but it was be, and i think it had a lot to do with like i would correct him right away like he would see the dog and like kind of like low growl and I would correct it I used mm-hmm. a prong collar on him like a Herm Springer like 2.25 mm-hmm. and I would correct him on it and be like hey like no watch me like leave it and so it almost turned into like a fear thing like I would correct him so he used to come to work with me he doesn't right now while we're sorting this all out and my where I work it's pet friendly and so pets would come in and he would immediately like start growling and I would correct it I'd be like no like you're okay like stop and he would start, like, shaking, like, ears pinned back, like, very, like, kind of fearful. And so, we've been on quarantine for a week because of everything going on. Mm-hmm. And so, he's, this last week, I've been, like, just taking him on walks. We haven't been using the prong, just, like, on a flat collar. And I've just been kind of, like, watching what he does when I don't correct him. And it's very, like, overexcitable. So, like, at mm-hmm. first, like, the first time he saw a dog, we went out on one of these walks. He did his normal, like... He barked and then, like, shut down, was, like, very, like, fearful and, like, help me, please. And, like, the last couple days, if he sees a dog and I don't correct him, I'm, like, oh, good, like, awesome, like, that's another mm-hmm. dog, like, you know? He's a lot more, like, he's very overexcited, like, he doesn't pull on the leash, he, he knows not to pull, but he'll hit, like, the end, like, how I use a 12-foot long line when I walk him, we walk through, like, an orchard, and he'll, like, go to, like, the end of his long line and then, like, do, like, zoomies and, like, wagging his tail and just, like, very, like, kind of overexcitable, kind of, like, over-arousal kind of behavior. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, that's that's kind of where we're at. Okay.
1: So, do you think that this behavior—so, this behavior didn't exist be prior to the, like, attack— like, was It he... did
0: in a much more subdued way. Like, he was very unsure about other dogs and would kind of, like, so if he, like, saw another dog or he heard another dog, he would kind of whine a little bit mm-hmm. and was, like, a little, like, oh, gosh, what do I do? Like Yeah. And he was, like, excited, like, wanted, like, really, like, his body language was very much, like, I want to play, and it was, like, okay, like, you're a puppy, like, sure. cool, like, you'll figure it out, you know? And I didn't really, like, you know, I just was, like, oh, good, like, when he was quiet and he chose to look at me, it was, like, oh, good, and I would reward him, and it was it was great, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, ever since that attack, it just got a lot worse. And I don't know if it's necessarily the attack or if it's like, he's, he's still intact, but I'm not sure if he's like a sexual right. maturity thing or.
1: Yeah. It's probably a lot of different things kind of folding into one. I mean, <laughs> just dog parks alone, as you know, um, you know, they're just, they're just really tough cause they just, <clears throat> especially when you get an intact male, uh, and there's another male, um, yeah. It just, even if it's not an intact other male, it just creates like, it just sucks. And, and in um, this case
0: it was, which made me freak out with Doberman's being prone to like same sex issues. I was like, oh yeah. well, shoot, here we go. <laughs>
1: yeah, but, it's a, yeah, just dog parks alone. I mean, it's, it's even sad that you can't even walk <laughs> around them. They just, it's, it's just, it's yeah. bad. It's bad. Um, but anyway, so I would say beyond that um it almost sounds to me um judging by what you've said so far just like almost like ptsd behavior where yeah
0: that's something else that i wanted to mention is like so i have ptsd it's one of the reasons i have him, not like the main reason but like one of them um he's primarily like a medical alert dog but so for me like i know i tense up when i see another dog now Mm Mm-hmm just because it's like, well, shoot, like I almost lost my service dog. Like yeah, yeah. that sucked, Yeah. you know? And so I've been like working really hard to not freak out when I see other dogs, but it's yeah. like, I still know, like I kind of tense up on the leash a little bit and I'm like, oh, like yeah. shoot, like, yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. you know? Sure. Um,
1: yeah, it's tough, I, I'm with you. It's
0: like, shoot, like, and so I don't, you know, Dobermans are obviously super sensitive and super in tune. And that's one of the reasons I chose a Doberman as a service dog. I've trained a bunch of them before. And I was like, you know what? I'm ready for a little bit more of a challenging breed. Labs and Goldens aren't doing it for me. I like a little bit more intensity in my dogs. Mm-hmm. I do dog sports. We do dog diving and, you know, all kinds of other sports. Cool. And But it's like, you know, so now it's like he's super in tune with me. And I've noticed his reactions are definitely a lot more subdued if he notices the dog before I do. Yeah. And unless, like, I notice the dog and I'm like, shoot, make the conscious decision to not think, oh, shoot. And, like, I have, like, so I reward him with, like, a ball on a tug. He's mm-hmm. much more, like, toy and praise motivated then he is like food motivated yeah um and so we've kind of been working on like it's almost like like care i don't know if you're familiar with it i'm not like the care kind of protocol so it's essentially like counter conditioning like you, sure you know dog sees the other dog and you immediately you're like you reward them you're like oh my god you looked at another dog you didn't bark like so you kind of like the goal is to like change their response to the dog like and that's been better so now like he sees a dog and he doesn't immediately bark he doesn't immediately growl he just kind of watch like mm-hmm. he's a little bit more curious and I'm like oh good like good boy but if the dog is coming toward us he starts to kind of freak out a little bit more and he gets more and more intense
1: yeah okay yeah i would say uh the best thing i would or the best advice i would give for for right now is just finding the right dogs to be around mm-hmm. because the last thing you want is that you know, that next level dog just doing this similar thing. Of, yeah. Cause what, what you don't ever want to do regardless of the circumstance is go out there and just assume that the dogs around you are going to be okay for your dog and acceptable for your dog and your dog's going to be okay with it. Um, yeah. So from here, what I would do is just try to find uh, somebody in your area that does like group training, um, like open group classes. I know in California, uh you know it's it's pretty nice there um the majority time of of the year and just being able to get outside and do group classes would be a would be a first step because basically what you would do is the same thing that you're doing is you're counter conditioning with calmer dogs. So you're taking so the dog comes up you know, so start comes up, sees a dog. And then basically the counter conditioning will be from the other dog's behavior, the representation from the other dog's behavior will be Mm -hmm. your counter-conditioning effect. So you don't even need to redirect the dog to like a secondary reward-based system to say like, which is, which is there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you're counter-conditioning and avoiding the other dog, which is probably what you would want to do if you didn't know. Like if you weren't in a group class, that would work out Mm -hmm. great. But because of the core of the behavioral problem has to do with potentially him getting overstimulated or overwhelmed or stressed because of the other dogs, mm-hmm. just getting around other dogs that really don't give a crap about him will counter condition itself. You okay. know what I mean? That um, makes sense. Yeah. So so the first thing I would do is just like say, okay, we have this. So this is the, the breakdown of like what I'm hearing. We have this problem with the, – the main problem is probably you and Stark both getting overstimulated by other dogs just being present. So, if mm-hmm. you guys can get into a semi controlled group class with a professional trainer conducting the class, no nose, like for our group class, no nose to nose, at least a leash distance away. Uh, it's not a play group. It's socialization. See, a lot of people think that socialization means dog parks or daycares. Exactly. Socialization is just yeah, right. Just getting out and just being around other dogs. Um, and actually the more control you have around those dogs and the more pleasant you make it and the more Mm -hmm. enjoyable you make it and the calmer that you make it, the dog will then associate that type of environment with what you want. So that's what that's the first thing I would do is just take into consideration He's nervous. You're obviously a little nervous because of what had happened, which is totally fine and normal. Mm-hmm. But getting out and just getting around other dogs that are respectable for your space and also are semi-controlled in, a, in an obedient manner. So having yep. you know, 10, 15 dogs around you that are all doing sits and downstays and they're engaged with their owner because they've practiced it. I mean, if you yep. watch like a, a group class full of dogs who have gone through specific training... Wait you'll see an extraordinary amount of engagement usually from the dogs to their owners, where if you go out and you just like, or if you, if you get 10 dogs that haven't been through training, they're going to be so disengaged with their owner that they're going to see you and they're going to see the, they're going to see Stark. And they're just going to be like, all right, let's go, let's go investigate. And then they just bum rush you. And then it's very frantic and chaotic and, it's like, so just that's, that's the first thing I would start to do is just kind of like take a deep breath in your relationship with your dog and just say, okay, I need to make other dogs less stressful. Um, you're always going to find irresponsible dog owners, no matter what you do. That's, yeah. That's, Especially
0: being a service dog and a service dog handler, we run into a lot of right not service dogs in a lot of yeah service dog yeah places and it's yeah. like that's been like i mean his the first incident we ever had with another dog was this little like itty bitty thing mm-hmm. not best or anything jumped out of a shopping cart at him in target and it was like yeah what like it didn't attack him attack him but it was like what what are you doing like it yeah. just ran up and like,
1: well i think it's important to yeah. say that you're you're it's 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 basically letting. It's not letting your service dog be a service dog. I mean, so it's it's yeah. worse than an attack. Like if you need your service dog for specific things, and another dog comes up and takes that takes that away from you. I mean, that's just as bad. So
0: yeah, it's, no, and it's, that's that's why he's not working in public right now. Because it's like if we see another dog, he's so like it's it's not necessarily that he's not engaged with me but he's just so like hyped up about this other dog that was just there that it's like i don't feel like he would even do his thing like yeah sure you're dying i don't care there was another dog here like 15 minutes ago like he's just very like we went on a walk the other night and it took me like 10-15 minutes after we saw another dog yeah. to get him to the point that like he could just walk with me yeah. loose leaf and just chill like, yeah
1: yeah so uh, it sucks um you know and, and, yeah and and, and you know, if you watch or listen to any of the content that I produce, I try to to just never closet that and say like, oh, it's it's like it's just such a problem and it's never going to go away. It's just not. Yeah, no, you it's, know, it's, it's just,
0: never going to. No. It's never
1: going to go away. So we just have to do our best to say, what can I do? So like just to give you an example of like me being a professional and mm-hmm. having a very educated opinion <laughs> with like a lot yeah. of data, you know, behind what I do. I like when I go out, I used to be, I'm going to go to um, a trail with my dog because I can and everyone else should obey the leash law and or if their dog's off leash, they should have a good recall. And then I slowly <laughs> or, like, you know, realize I'm like, no, like this isn't going to happen. I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here. It's just never, it's never going, you're never going to go to a place where people are actually responsible and have a reliable anything, mainly yeah. because ninety five Seven percent of dog owners have never even seen a trained dog before so their expectations yeah. are nowhere near exactly yeah. so they just think because their dog hasn't eaten another dog or hasn't killed another dog or hasn't bitten a person then their dog is just free willy their
0: dog is their dog's trained yeah dog let it, it go people. yeah my dog's friendly yeah my, you know, my dog's
1: friendly so it's trained exactly yes. so I've I've completely switched where I won't even go to public places with my, the the most public place I'll ever go with my personal dogs is a walk around my neighborhood and that's it. And it sucks because honestly, like the more your dog is trained, the less places you can bring it because it makes it so not fair for your dog. You know, like if you want like, and not even in the service dog realm, but just in general, like if you wanted to go have coffee on a, you know on a on an outdoor patio at a at a coffee joint and put your dog into a downstay and you're relaxing and having coffee or whatever and you're you're like I have my dog out with me but my dog is being very respectable, obedient, not bothering people, other people eating and drinking and conversating and you're just being you, right? Not even on a service yeah. dog level. And then you're just going to get other people who walking by that will constantly lunge at your dog, bark at your dog. Um, you know, so on and so forth. And you're just like, not even on a service dog level, it's just, a, you just, I think it's just one of those things that I've just been telling people that it's, like I said to you earlier, it's never going to go away. So the best thing to do honestly is just prepare yourself for that from happening. And that's Mm -hmm. what I've, that's been my, my approach to a lot of these situations with people who are having these problems is just teaching you how to handle it when it happens versus Mm -hmm. so almost being proactive because it's going to happen versus saying like, Oh, well, hopefully that never happens again. Or it's their fault or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's their fault, but they're always going to do it. So that's like the first thing I would do is getting out, finding a, a dog trainer, telling them, Hey, this is what I have going on. I'd love to just be a part of your your group session uh, once a week, twice a week, whenever it is, and 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 participate in uh, desensitizing and exposing your dog to semi-controlled environments with semi-controlled dogs. Mm-hmm. That way, it's good for you because you can work on. I mean, I've I've even I've even had people show up to group class without dogs in your situation and just work on their breathing in group class. I'm like, just seriously, go to group class without your dog and just work on mm-hmm. like almost meditation like calming yourself down um because there's certain yeah. like with PTSD i mean there's there's so many different flavors of that and there's different triggers you know um yeah. same thing with me like when i go out and i hear dog tags like if i'm out for a walk i'm really nervous about it just cuz i have i have so much dog at the end of my leashes that yeah. you know i have over 250 pounds of dogs at the end of my leashes and i'm like okay if an off leash even if it's a happy dog comes running after us it's not going to be good so anyway i'm yeah. i'm in the same boat so it's nothing no, and for me
0: it's like having a doberman and having like it's like a breed with like a stigma and it's right. like i don't want to be known in the neighborhood as the person with like that doberman service dog that like you know yeah. is aggressive because to the person who doesn't know anything about dog training he comes across as aggressive sure it's like no he's not like he's
1: because yeah breed, because yeah. of yeah because of hollywood really i mean dobies are yeah. like historically very sweet dogs as you know yeah, they're, no, they're you- the, the goofiest funniest corkiest dogs i've ever worked he's with he's such an idiot i love yeah. him
0: so much like he's such a goof but it's yeah. like yeah yeah it's like i don't want to be that person either. yeah
1: it's tough it's so, a it's a it's a tough tough thing
0: yeah it's it's so hard i had somebody once because his, his ears are cropped and somebody came mm-hmm. up to me and was like oh oh he's one of the aggressive ones i was like what do you mean i know it's like because he has the clipped ears i'm like that makes literally like i know you know it was very like it's but, tough
1: stuff Anyways, you know and well, it's like you know it's what are you gonna do it's like they don't they really they're so ignorant they really don't know they really yeah, don't
0: they have, they have no idea <laughs> um so for now i mean because all like the group classes and stuff in our area have been canceled i actually had sure. signed up for a rally class that yeah ended up flopping because yeah. everything's getting canceled yeah um so for now we're just doing walks around the neighborhood um you know we, yeah there's There's, like, some fields and stuff nearby, like, for agriculture, and they have, like, little paths that go around, and there's, you know, a couple dogs here and there, like, but it's, they're all, like, on leash and pretty controlled. Good. So, for right now, like, what can I do on these walks to help them? Great. Do I correct the barking? Do I correct the growling?
1: Yeah, it's such a fine line. It's a great question. So, for me, what I try to do, um, you know, in anything that I do with dogs, like, nothing, I shouldn't say that because that contradicts what I'm about to say, but (laughs) a lot of the things that I put out there is very situational based. So if I say, Hey, you shouldn't, I mean, there's a couple things like having a leash on your dog or whatever. There's a couple things that are pretty regulated across the board for every dog. But a lot of things that I tell people are very case by case, dog by dog, human by human. And so it's really hard to say exactly what to do, but what I would do is is a little bit of this. I would do a little bit of like what I call feathering behavior. Um, just it's just like a word that I've I've adopted, and it just makes sense to me. So, <clears throat> basically, like if you have a dog in the distance, in front of you, around you, and they're doing their thing and they're doing whatever, and they're not paying any attention to you, and they're not a threat to you guys at all, and you can just tell that that person and that dog know what they're doing. They're together. They're not paying attention. What I try to do is like have your dog be curious of that and let them be suspicious of that within a certain realm. So if you, so meaning this, so to answer your question of like barking, growling, pulling, whatever, like if I have a dog in the distance and I'm trying to desensitize my dog to dogs and my dog is kind of like growling a little bit, barking a little bit, being a little, but you know deep down inside that your dog's only doing that because they're a little bit of fear fearful Mm -hmm. or they're overstimulated or they're nervous. Um, and so on and so forth. I kind of like let that play out where I just, I become uh, a tree with a leash and I just let that play out because what it'll do is sometimes it'll, it'll give the dog the opportunity to go, Oh, Hey, that's not what I thought it was. This dog isn't going to come after me like all the other ones. And so sometimes I don't immediately like punish the dog for doing that. I let it play out to say like, okay, figure it out. Like, watch this. You're about to be amazed because this dog doesn't give a crap about you, you know? So sometimes I do allow that to happen. But with that being said, it's a very gray area because you have to make sure that you're doing that. That's why I call feathering, like just kind of slightly let them do, get away with stuff, but then reel it back in. Not necessarily correct it, but kind of just go the other way and then put your... So what I would do is almost, if you see a dog, your dog gets suspicious, I'd say break. I would disengage from my dog to say, hey, do whatever you want. And then if they get, like I said, a little growly or just a little, basically that nervous, like ruff ruff, like hey, alert barking. And that's exactly what he does. He Mm -hmm. does like
0: the low, like the growl, and like
1: yeah, that that all of that, like right, that um, alert barking. Hey, somebody's over there. There's a dog. Mm -hmm. Um, A little suspicion's going on. I would just, I would just like as long as the dog's in the break, I would just say like, do whatever you want within reason, obviously you're not going to let that dog come to you. You're not going to let your dog go to them. Um, cause you're going to respect both parties, but you're just going to basically just laugh it off and be like, yep, you're being a big idiot. Like it's fine. And then sometimes yeah. what happens is that is your dog may look at you and go, Oh, okay. Because if you suppress that so much, then it, it continues to build and they never have an opportunity to investigate and really have the realization of, Oh, it's not like the other dog that kicked my ass the other day. It's it's that dog doesn't yeah. care. And so that's what I mean by like feathering is you gotta be very cautious how you do it because yeah. you want to do it right. So I would suggest disengagement command. Do whatever you want. He gets a little suspicious, a little gruffy. You kind of just sit there, let him do it. Don't let him, you know, drag you to that dog, of course. But if he's spinning and barking and posturing up and being suspicious and just let all that play out without saying much. And then okay. when you're when you feel like he's 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 mm, he's got that out of him, if you will, or, or uh, whatever, then you can say, and then you kind of just walk away and say, okay, okay, but a heel. And you put him back into a heel. So maybe okay. not necessarily correcting him for that behavior during that time and suppressing that, because I think it's good for dogs to realize the boogeyman doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you have to do it in, 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 in reason like obviously not tight spaces and blah 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 so i would say when to because i think the next question would be like okay well when would i correct him for doing that i would say just making sure that like he's not like habitually hysterically like that's something that you'd be like okay I, i don't want you to ever do that regardless so maybe correcting that if it happens and then the other thing is is just making sure that if you're letting this play out I would say it's equivalent to like if you're gonna let your kid kick and scream and like have a hissy fit and like exert all that energy that you're in like a restaurant that nobody else is in and nobody really cares and everyone thinks it's funny versus yeah okay this isn't the right place to to let you freak yeah. out I'm gonna no, take I'm not you gonna outside
0: put his desk on and go take him in public and right. be like hey look
1: yeah right. You know, like- so I think, I think like if you're, if you're in tight quarters, if you're in a walking path where it's not a good uh, situation, it's not going to be successful. It basically, if, if you can ask yourself, can he learn from this successfully? And the dog's mm-hmm. close, the dog's pulling, the dog is doing the same thing. That's probably not going to be a good learning experience. So yeah. shutting down the behaviors that aren't going to allow him to be successful in the end of the the scenario or the exercise. That makes sense. Yeah. So like I said, okay. like tight quarters, other dog being reactive, um, that you know, because I can also see your dog kind of being suspicious and you not caring, and then the other dog owners over there going like, "Oh, hey, maybe this person wants to play," and then they get the wrong message, and then you are like, "Okay, never mind." And then that's you what yeah. we get a
0: lot of around here, especially now yeah. with everything being shut down and everybody being off of work. It's like you get all these dogs who like I know walks anywhere. I've never I've seen.
1: Never yeah, no, I, I, I've never seen. I've never seen. I am like, it's like a weird thing. Like I am, I am happy that everyone's out with their dogs like i've never seen so many dogs out on walks or in parks than i have now and it's sad that a government epidemic shutdown is what's getting is what's, people what's making people dog. to walk their dogs but
0: yeah no and it's it's i mean i like it but in a lot of ways it's like it kind of sucks because being a yeah. young doby he's got a ton of energy and there's a field nearby that's owned by campus that they're not using and they were like yeah like you can run your dogs out here whatever just like obviously like it's not like a dog park like whatever you Know and so there's nobody there ever. I work like usually later in the day, so we'll go like nine o'clock in the morning. Everybody's at work, yeah, at school, whatever. And so we'll go out there with like his ball, and he'll just get to run and like be crazy. And mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, well, now I've lost my exercise spot for my dog because every time I go out there, there's like seven or eight dogs running around, it's a dog park. Like, it's... yep, and so it's like, well, shoot. So now it's like, I'm trying to get you know. Trying to get this under control, so you know if we're at this field and another dog shows up or whatever, like just recall him or whatever, and he'll listen to recall. Like, and I'm I'm learning e-collar training right now. I haven't started him on it yet. Yeah, very basic, like wearing it and just getting used to wearing the collar. But I haven't mm-hmm. used any or anything on him yet. I have a mini educator and. We're like starting to kind of learn that a little bit, but I mean, at this point, like I can recall him half the time he sees the other dog, he barks, he growls and he looks at me and he runs back to me anyway. And then he runs back and he's like, Oh my God, there's another dog. And then he runs back and he's like, mom, look another dog. Like it's very. Yeah.
1: So you just, yeah. And you have to, you have to just pick and choose. It's just like parent, like any type of parenting. Um, Yeah. You just have to say like, okay, this, you know, this dog may be good for us to learn uh, from, or it could be a bad, uh, you know, a a bad, uh, a bad influence or whatever. Um, But I would, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would just be careful, like how you do things uh, because he's intact and you don't know about the other dogs and, and whatever. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm very like, I tend to be very proactive and cautious about, you know, like between him being intact and him being Adobe and just everything else. It's like I, I don't want. I don't want any incidents. Anything that could even be considered an incident. I don't want to set my dog up for that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just not like worth it. Everything
0: I do, I set my dog up for success as much as I can. And yeah, it's
1: like, yeah, it's just not worth it. At the end of the day, it's like, oh, what do you gain? Oh, my dog got to know a dog that they're never going to see again. It's like great. And if it doesn't work out, well, then they're cool. fighting. It's like okay, well, that's not worth it.
0: <laughs> All right, awesome. You know, like
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's tough. It's just like you're doing everything that you probably need to do. I would just say, take it a step further by reaching out to a professional and just saying like, Hey, I need, you know, it's basically like, you know, you just have to get into a, almost like a clinical environment where you can trust the variables yeah. and yeah. you can say like, Hey, I, I can trust that. You know that we're on the same page. You're not going to let your dog go. Your dog semi trained even like the dogs who start and cause we do packaging. So we do private sessions and group sessions. Mm -hmm. And you buy them in packages and even the dogs who have only done one session and they're out there with like a slip collar and they're working on stuff are more obedient and have better expectations than dogs who have never been through training even just one session because people just know yeah. it's more about a respect thing it's like almost like like the martial arts community where like your first session like you're not like by any means a black belt but the respect and the level that you have for anything changes like everything changes where you're like whoa this is what it's about and you're like mm-hmm. yeah and, and then you see people who are really good at it and you're like whoa I thought I was, you know, whatever, and that's what yeah. it comes down to in training. When when you actually see how training works and you see what a trained dog can do for your life and everything. So anyway, um, so as far as that goes, I would be doing that, um, avoiding places at all costs. Um, and then I would say that, <clears throat> what is your, what is your ultimate goal besides? trying to get because you don't you're, your goal isn't really to like get him friendly with other dogs your goal is to probably just eliminate his reactivity and his overstimulation when he sees other dogs right
0: yeah like I don't so like my retired service dog is not like he's very he's dog neutral literally doesn't care like he doesn't like to play if a dog tries to play with him he's like no go away like I don't want to play mm-hmm. but he like we would walk out in public there'd be another dog He wouldn't even look at it like it was very like didn't really care about other dogs would yeah. glance at it and just kind of be like, Oh, look, a dog. And then move on, you know? Um. So I, I think like long-term goal would just be like, he can look at another dog. Like you can check it out. Like I actually like that, especially mm-hmm. like when we're working in public, like I, I want my dogs to know that there's another dog there. I don't mind that, but it's, I just, it's the barking, the growling, the lack of focus. Like, it's like he, he disengages from me and then is completely hyped up like I said, like, I mean, 15 yeah. minutes afterward, it's, it's like a lot.
1: Yeah. So,
0: and so just to teach him that other dogs are something to be calm about and not freak out and like, yeah, I think you don't have to lose your mind over it. Sort of a deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the next step is just getting your obedience. So the first step is what we talked about with desensitization, mm-hmm. as well as just trying to calm you and your dog down during while other dogs are present. I think the other, the next step, which will be a little bit more applicable to realistic environments outside of group class would be obedience, engagement. Um, So one thing I would be working on is, because he's young, he's still learning. Um, One thing I would try to be working on is like a, a disengagement to something. So if he catches an eye of another dog walking, I would So you don't want to you got to be careful how you how you do this because you don't want to start training the dog and marking the dog of a dog meaning you change because then they will highlight and single out other dogs even more because you change. So if he sees another dog and he changes a little bit and then all of a sudden you change, then he's you're basically marking That So a lot of dog owners who have dog reactivity issues is caused by them without any altercation from other dogs or being attacked simply because they see another dog and they get nervous and then the dog basically pins, why is my owner? Oh, there's a dog. And then they do that 20 times and then the dog actually becomes leash reactive because the owners told them to.
0: That's exactly what we've been doing and I think a lot of that has So it's been very like he has, like, a really good, like, watch me command. So we've seen good. the other dog, and then it's like, oh, Stark, watch me. Like very, And so now it's, like, there's this command that he's learned to associate with when we see another dog. And yeah. so now it's, like... And I think that's honestly what made, like, tags and, like, nails on the ground, like... Yeah. Hearing another dog. You
1: know, yeah. I, I didn't would, even
0: realize I was doing that. And that's yeah. 100%, you know, my bad. Yeah.
1: And, and, and it's mainly because you know, the psych, and I'm big about like, I love psychology and like behavior, both mm-hmm. with human and dogs. That's what I, I love that. And mainly it's because if you think about what you're doing is like, you're going out for a walk, you're like, Oh, I'm going to go walk my dog. And then you're like, you're not really thinking about a lot of other things. So you're out enjoying your walk and you're doing a little bit of training and you're getting fresh air and it's great. And your dog's happy. And then all of a sudden you see another dog and then you go into train mode and you kind of forget, yeah. you kind of forget that, you know, so you're only utilizing that training kind of on the wrong times well not on the wrong times but you're marking that so you just so what I would start doing is going out and using all of your training that you would normally do when you see another dog without any other dog so you're basically putting the other end of the bat you're you're filling up the other end of the basket where you might do it sometimes when there's a dog so he can't have any correlation that's what you want Because right now he's completely correlating. When you do watch me, he'll leave it, whatever. He's like, okay, where's the dog? I've seen dogs literally do that. Well, you'll say, Stark, watch me. And the dog literally looks and scales for the dog. As soon as they identify the dog and they know where they're at, then they'll do the watch me command because they use it every Mm -hmm. single time and there's another dog. So starting to desensitize that as well. You can do it in your home, on your walk do more of that obedience that you're using to counter condition the dog reactivity or overstimulation, do more of it without the dogs. Okay. So that it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf thing where when you actually need it, it's going to work flawlessly because he's like, yeah, we do this all the time. And you're, you're Mm -hmm. basically starting to desensitize that correlation.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. because like something like watch me. We use like all the time because being an 11 month old puppy will be like Training a new trick, or working on our obedience, or training a new service dog task, and then he'll be like, "Oh my god, butterfly!" It's
1: like,
0: "Hey, buddy, like, yeah. watch me, like, we're we're working here, like, yeah, you know." Um, but oh. you know, but definitely like my body language of like, I totally get what you were saying about like, oh, like you know, you're out walking your dog, and then all of a sudden, like, your trainer voice like, yeah. comes on. You're very right. Like, okay, now now, <laughs>
1: now you care about, all of a sudden, right? Now
0: all of a sudden, I care about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, you know? so be I'm, careful. I'm definitely, yeah, be careful care how you do that. Um. And again, like it's it's just something that a lot of dog owners don't realize they do. So just be careful about that. Um the other thing I would do is he is uh ball motivated or tug or something you said.
0: Yeah, yeah. We use um I've got this for him. It's like a paracord with like with a ball, yeah. A ball. Got He's it. on its last leg. Yeah. Over. But he loves this thing. I've got like four of these. I always keep one in my pocket when we're out. And I use food too. Like I'll bring like so like usually on our, like our morning walks, I'll bring like a little bit. He eats half kibble and half raw. Mm-hmm. So I'll bring like the half of his meal that's kibble with us. But in those situations, like where he sees another dog and he's overstimulated, he won't he won't take the kibble, but like he'll gladly like if like if he sees the other dog and I'm like, oh, like you didn't bark, like, yay, good job. He'll gladly come back like for the tug and then he's good. off the other dog completely. He doesn't care because I have the tug and like that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Like, that's
0: like his high value, like, we'll do anything for good kind
1: of reward. Good. Yeah, I would do. Um, the other thing that I would suggest too is like if you're if you're um, savvy with training in general, just doing like a focused heel with him as well will help you with a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a good thing to do as well. To just when you see another dog, um, basically what you would do with the focused heel is get him to to look at you as you're walking. So it's basically like a moving "watch me" command because you almost
0: like, like a competition kind of style yeah
1: it's heel. like a competitive heel um basically just getting your dog to look at you and be engaged with you as you're walking and I have a bunch mm-hmm. of videos on how to do that if you're unfamiliar with that and actually the master in my opinion at focused healing is Forrest Mickey and he has a lot of videos on uh Leerberg which is l-e-e-e-r-b-u-r-g um, yeah
0: I like Leerberg I, I don't watch a ton of YouTube but I've watched like a lot of your videos and I cool thank you yeah
1: Learberg so uh Forrest Mickey is one of my good friends uh I was actually supposed to go see him next month but anyway he's the master at focused healing in my opinion he's really really talented Uh, he breaks things down very easily and and compartmentalizes everything in steps he's a great teacher so I would look at um some of his stuff you know going through quarantine and having not much else to do that's a good that's good content to yeah I was
0: like Thanks Stark for deciding that like this yeah. dog thing is going to be a really huge issue when we're on quarantine for the next two and a half. Yeah,
1: weeks.
0: Like, <laughs> we're gonna gives you something well, to do. You know, like my service dog trainer friends were like, "Well, you have to pull him from public access." I'm like, "Good, we're not doing public access right now anyway." Like my immune system's crap. Like I'm not going grocery shopping. Right? Like, I'm like you know, I'm like, sweet. It gives me more time to like work through this with my dogs. So yeah, just, everything worked out really, really well.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weird the t- the timing about all this is it's weird. It's almost like. it's like a blessing and a curse. It's like when this all happened, it's kind of like, man, I really do need like a couple weeks off to like gather. Like, cause it just seems like, it just seemed like, and I know everyone else thinks the same way is like, you just, everyone that I've talked to has just been like, I've been running for years and like having this mandatory disconnect from just doing nothing but relaxing and working from home is almost like, it is almost needed. You know, it's really, oh yeah, no, it's it's weird.
0: It's insane. I mean, my life is like a million miles an hour. It's like, I'm a college student. I work full time. My dogs are a full time job. Like I wake up at five o'clock to run my dogs every morning. Like it's very like,
1: yeah, it's my life is
0: go, go, go. And like the other day I was sitting at home and I was like, I'm sitting in my house. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. Like I, I sleep in the bed in the, in the corner and that's it. Yeah.
1: No, I'm with you. And
0: I train my dogs in here and that's, Otherwise yeah. I'm like on the go and like between dog sports and school and work and just like, I'm constantly running around and it's been, it's been crazy, but it's yeah. my dogs. A bit, you know, it's like, what, what do I do when I'm bored? I teach my dog a stupid trick, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. 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 The dogs are really benefiting from this. And it also just gives you an opportunity to take a step back and realize how busy you are too. Yeah. Like I no, canceled, a- I canceled like four flights just in this two week quarantine. And I was like, why was I flying to four different States in like less than yeah. 14 days? And it really, yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy realization. This, this whole unplug thing. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. No, it's, but it's, it's been much needed and it's yeah, just like, you know, focus yeah. on like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't want anybody to get
1: sick, but I mean, this is kind of like a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a more pleasant than I thought experience.
0: Yeah. Same. Definitely.
1: So with the, um, the other thing I would say is like when you're, when you're focused healing and stuff, you can also do like a lot of directional changes. So okay. if you watch, you know, some of my healing videos and even re- dog reactivity issues, uh, dog re- reactivity videos, I do a lot of redirection um, because <laughs> what it does is it makes the dog engage with you um, through leash pressure. So you go one way, and then all of a sudden you turn and you go the other way, and if they don't comply, then they get like they get a correction by the leash or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so that, that's something that I would, I would suggest too, is maybe just going out and doing a lot of like directional changes stuff, like changing up your healing patterns to get the dog engaged with you. Instead of just going, you know, from A to B, you go A to B, back to A, back to A, back to B, like, and really just switch up your patterns to get your dog engaged with you. And I find, especially with a dog that has a good attention span with the motivation to work for an item, Mm -hmm. uh, it really makes like your whole life easier because like, same thing with my Dutch shepherd. Like when I'm out, she, and if I have a reward, whether it's food or a ball or tug or anyway, she, she'll play tug with her leash. Like she'll, she will tug on anything. She doesn't care. Yeah. I could, I could like take off my shirt. She'd have tug with it. Like anything. She played tug with anything. So me being able to say, Hey, I got something. It just makes her like hyper focused on me. Um, and nothing else matters. So, that's one thing, too, to just go back to the basics of building your, your drive for certain items. Like if your ball is, <clears throat> if Stark like loves the ball, taking that ball and, and just building it even more playing, more tug to build that drive and doing a lot of like um, a lot of uh, not antagonizing, but teasing stuff like with the ball like a lot of misses, a lot of misses, a lot of misses, put it back on you, heal and then break, and then give it to him and just really basically revving up that drive. So where he's just like they do in like protection stuff where you you do, you, you basically just do tie backs and you just make a miss, make a miss, make a miss. And then they hit really hard and nothing else matters. They're like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. So it's a little bit of prey drive. Um, but that's one thing you can do too on your walks is just, um, have you looked into uh, like a topmatic system? Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Yeah. So top. that's your answer. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll send it to you. But uh, okay. topmatic is is basically a magnetic ball. This is a really cool thing for people who are working with um, like a lot of competitive healers do it. But I like to use them because they essentially get the dog so focused on you. So a topmatic ball is basically you have a ball on a string, just like you have, okay, and it has a magnet in it, okay, and then mm-hmm. and then it comes with two other magnets, okay. And you take those two magnets and you put it anywhere on your body. And then you can okay. stick your ball to anywhere on your body. So a lot of people, especially in the competitive world, will put it like on their shoulder. So you can heal and your dog's focused. And then you do maybe three steps and then you pay him with it. Um, and so on and so forth. So a Topmatic ball, um, you can find them. You can probably get them right on Amazon, but I know Learberg sells them. Um, okay. But anyway, so what you can do is is put that on you so basically taking that drive of the ball you already have yeah, and you just, what I, what I do is that you take the magnets, you stick one under your shirt and then the other one on the outside of your shirt. So they stick together and you take your ball, which has a magnet and you stick it right on there and then it just stays there. It's really nice. nice. So you get okay. like a really nice and you just heal and you have, you have free access to like your hands and you're just walking. Um, And so that's, that's a nice thing to use when you're trying to get a dog engaged to you or trying to get your dog to look at a certain part of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, you can look into that too. It's a really nice, uh, uh yeah, no, tool. definitely. Um, no, and
0: that might be worth like, I don't know if there's a way to like, cause for him it's the ball combined with the tug. Like I really have the ball. So it's something that he can like hit. Mm-hmm. Whereas like just like a fleece tug or something. Like I found that it was really awkward to work with. Like if we we're working in public or just whatever. Like it's awkward. Like, yeah trying to fit like a fleece or like a rope kind of tug Mm -hmm. and so for him having the ball to like hit and then tug on is great so i'm wondering if there's like i don't know i'll look into like trying to put that onto like a string or something somehow so that i can yeah they
1: have them on they have them on strings
0: oh sweet yeah so it
1: comes i'll show you i got a picture pulled up here i could show it to you really quick oh that looks awesome that's perfect so it's just yeah, like a I little magnet. It's like a super magnet. And then it comes with a ball and a string. I think you can, I think it either comes with a ball on a string and a ball without on a string or both. I can't remember. I haven't okay. bought one in a while, but anyway, that's a great tool to just, you could just literally take it, boop, put it on your shoulder and then heal and then turn and blah, blah, blah. And your dog's like, boom, you know, their head is straight like, oh my up. God, yep. ball, like, right yeah. Okay. And then, and so there's, so if you get into a situation where you're training in public and you have dogs that are around you like walking like right now like you're saying like a lot of people are out walking you can put that right on you and your dog will be focused on you and then you basically break and then you what I do is I take the ball off I make a miss and I make a miss and they get really agitated and then they crush it and then they chew on it and you play tug with them you out them you get them to do it again and then you pop the ball back up and you heal and they're just it just it revs up your training because your timing is good you don't have to like wait you know waiting awaiting that waiting pattern like if you can be on time with your reward-based systems and they get paid and they know they get paid right when they do what you want. It really revs mm-hmm. up their system and, it, and allows them to capture behaviors a lot faster because your timing's good instead of fumbling for, where's the ball? Where is it? Hold on. Wait. Yeah. You right.
0: know. Oh, let me grab a treat. Hang on. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's a nice, that's a nice system.
0: Sweet. I know that we're getting kind of close to like the end of our time. And I had one more question sure. that I wanted to ask. Um, speaking of timing. So when I'm correcting him, when I'm rewarding him, like, What should the timing be with that? So, like, you know, if we're walking and there's another dog or whatever. I mean, like, when we get to, like, the point, once we've kind of desensitized a little bit, like, do I ever correct it? Do I ever reward anything? Like, or do I literally just go full tree, let it play out, and then it just is what it is? Do I reward him for coming back to me after? Do I, you know?
1: Um, Paint me a scenario. Like, on leash, off leash?
0: So, on leash, because right now we're not doing anything Mm -hmm. off leash until I get this a little Mm -hmm. bit more under control. Um, on leash, we're walking. He spots a dog across the street, is looking at the other dog, and starts growling. And then he checks in with me like literally every like two seconds. Like, so he'll like look at the dog,
1: mm-hmm. and then he'll
0: disengage from the dog and look at me. And then he looks right back at the dog, and then growls some more. And then he looks back at me, and it's very like, yeah, it goes back and forth. And it's like, do I just ignore that? Do I reward that? Like,
1: well, I would say if he's in, if he's in like a heel, and mm-hmm. you're making him work, and he's, He's like, and that's where obedience comes huge. I always tell people like, if you have a man eater of a dog and they're nasty, mm-hmm. but they have the best obedience, then you'll probably never see. Like, I would rather have a super aggressive dog that's really obedient than a really playful dog that doesn't listen to me. Yeah. You know, because I, I, control to me and, and being consistent with like my dog is important. So I would say, Um, If you're in a working mode, just like I was talking about basically earlier, if you tell him to heal and watch me, or like for me, like I I have a focused heal with one of my dogs. Mm -hmm. So if I'm healing her and she looks away, I'm going to punish her for that because she knows better. She's disobeying. But yeah. it, it depends on the magnitude of the dog and the skill level, yeah, and, and, their, and you know. how much you know,
0: how solidly he knows the, the heel,
1: right? So you ne- you never want to correct for a behavior they don't necessarily you you haven't you haven't taught them, unless yeah. it's like something crazy where they're chasing a car, but you haven't worked on recall. I mean, correct them all day, you know. But within you know within that within that parameter, I would just making sure that you're using your obedience to sculpt what you want you're like nope so you're just correcting correcting is the same thing as like bumpers when you're bowling or if you have like one of those cars that tells you if there's a car on your left or your right it just tells you like no 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 over here over here over here good yeah and the way that you reinforce those behaviors usually have some sort of punishment involved because animals don't learn that well without punishment um, exactly. And it's very simple to just add a little pressure, just like they do to mm-hmm. horses, livestock, etc. cetera. Um, so when you're out with him and you say heal, and maybe he pulls to the other dog, you would correct him for not healing. Say your focus command is really good, and a dog's walking by and he's looking at you, and then he decides to look off into the to the other dog and growl a little bit, you would correct him for that. So you're using your basic obedience to get him to stop doing certain things. And that's why we do basic obedience. We teach a dog heal. Why? Because we don't want him to pull. We teach a dog leave it because we don't want him to bark. So you're just Mm. applying your basic obedience to reality. So I would say, an example would be, if he knows leave it really well and you're healing and he barks at the other dog, I would correct and say leave it at the same time. When you're teaching... When you're teaching the behavior, I do it a little bit slower where I'll say, leave it, and the dog's like, screw you, then I'll correct. If he knows the behavior, like for an out, for an example. yeah. If I say out and the dog's like trying to spin the wheels, I'm like, wait, what's that? And they don't know it that well. I'll mm-hmm. wait a couple seconds and then give him pressure. If they know out really well and they're just deciding to be a brat, then I will correct the dog as soon as I basically say T and it's not on the floor. Yeah. So your timing of your correction and your pressure and your punishment will all be predicated off of how well they know what you're asking. That makes sense. Because that will play a really, it's not even, and and that's what I talk about a lot of my videos is the micro of all of that is your dog is outing faster, healing better, looking at you faster, smarter, better, longer. But the macro or the bigger picture is your relationship is very clear. (laughs) <laughs> We're like do that you're not you're not asking you're telling you know it's yeah. just like parenting like if you have to like it's the same thing as like <clears throat> i always tell people look at your dog and then copy and paste that to parenting kids and dog behavior are different i understand that i'm not saying train your kids like your dog and vice versa but it's all about how you are as a leader so if you ask your kid to say hey you just swore at the principal go to your room and they're like wandering around not really going blah 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 and then you're like hey go to your room and they're like yeah i don't know i mean it has a lot it has a lot to do with your relationship and how they feel about you versus go to your room they're like fine and then they go there immediately because they're like i know you're in trouble it's all about respect it's not about fear people think that all the time it's like fear-based fear-based it's not about fear and even if it is fear there's a little bit of good fear in there where you know if you're if you're in a situation and your mom or dad or um, your teacher, your brother, your sister that are older, yells at you because you did something terribly wrong that could eventually it hurt you or worse, that's good, solid fear. Like you want that, you want to instill that into them so they they don't do it again. Like yeah, I don't like when people say fear, fear. I'm 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 not me, but like when people advertise that they're a force-free, fear-free training, I'm like that's not going to be it's that scalable really tri- it's not going to be that good i mean your dog's probably not going to i mean but it's different when you're doing when you're applying that methodology to like trick training great yeah like you shouldn't be fearing yeah. your dog into shaking your, shaking your damn hand but like yeah. when you when you tell your dog to recall and they don't you do want a little bit of fear to get their butt back there because it's the difference between life and death with them so it's a very exactly. weird thing but i would say th- does that make sense as far as your timing goes
0: Yeah, so essentially what you're saying is like, so if we're on like one of like these chill walks where we're just kind of relaxing or whatever and he sees another dog and chooses to react to it, tree method, like just kind of, you know, let it play out, let him do what he's going to do.
1: I would say if it's... I
0: have it in like a heel or a focused heel or something and then I correct the behavior there.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would would just say like, I think that it's going to be environmentally uh dictating and then as well as okay. like what you ask him to do so if he's in a heel yeah. and there's a dog five feet from you and he starts barking correction yeah. like immediately but like i said like if he sees a dog off in the distance and you think that this could be a good learning opportunity because that dog doesn't care about him and he thinks that that dog does and you say break and or whatever your release command is and he's and he mm-hmm. and then he's at the end of the leash and he's kind of like growl. he's kind of like basically like trying to figure out what that dog's doing he may be wearing suspicion through growling and barking but you're just like i don't care dude you're on your break you need to figure this out and realize that your actions and your 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 barking and growling isn't going to change that dog at all that's a good learning experience yeah so you just have to pick and choose what's going to be good and what's going to be bad to to learn
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So
1: I would say it's really going to be dictated off of two things, the other dog and Mm -hmm. the environment you're in. If you're on a really skinny area, like a little sidewalk, keep moving regardless. But if you're in a situation where – you know, like you tried to do at the dog park where you're just working around, obviously you're not going to go to the dog park again. But if you're in a situation where he sees another dog in the distance and it could be a good learning environment because those two, the dog and the handler over there are with each other and they're playing Frisbee and they don't care about anything else, break and then let him observe and then let him wear out that little bit. Like that's, that's the beauty of the break command. Because if you tell him release, do what you want, it kind of allows you to, to tell the dog to de you know, to just, decompress like do what you want do what you want yeah be a dog wear however you want it's the difference between inside voices and outside voices for kids it's the same decompression where you're like hey we're sitting inside of a you know a room right now full of 25 other kids you can't yell like this is where you can't this is this is where you can't yell this is where you can't throw the baseball this is where you can't spit on the ground okay In 10 minutes, we're going to go out for recess. You guys can do all of that, but it's not on your terms. It's on mine because you're in charge. So you decide, you know, when that happens. But then when you do do that recess, you have to like, let the dog be a dog within reason and respect to everybody around you. But that's their opportunity to be a dog growl. And, you know, you know, but within reason, like if you think like he's, he's curious and he's kind of like, and he's basically going, Hey, do you see this? There's a dog over there. What do you think of this dog? I don't like that dog. Maybe I do like that dog. And you're kind of like letting him play it out. So he's Mm -hmm. figuring it out on his own. But if you immediately, he goes, and he's freaking out, you're like, okay. And then you reel it back in. So I would just making sure that you have that on and off switch very, very compartmentalized so you know exactly when you can turn it on and off to let him Mm -hmm. know, good, bad, good, bad, yes, no.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Sweet. Cool. Well, that gave us some stuff to work on for sure we'll yeah. just kind of see i think a lot of this came from like a lot of it also came from i got him and i was immediately like service dog like
1: yeah.
0: he's like i mean i've done like puppy raising and stuff before and it's like really like chill and whatever like you teach them obedience mm-hmm. and whatever but for him it was like all right i'm gonna totally feel him out we're gonna go whatever piece he wants and whatever and mm-hmm. being a doggy and being like loving to work loving to make me happy he just like excelled through it yeah like service dog tasks like he had all like the basics down within like a couple months like, yeah it was I mean because he just wanted to learn and he loved learning to do things and loving learning how to make me happy yeah But I didn't give him enough just puppy time like I didn't give him time to like I mean we did like socialization and stuff like that but we didn't do enough of it like I didn't spend enough time on it yeah you know it was kind of like it's hard. All right, cool. Like you're, you're starting to like to work. Well, and it made it hard because he, so he does medical work and he picked up on it literally like the second week I had him, Yeah, like was consistently like starting to pick up on alerts and stuff. And I was like, all right, sweet. Like service dog training. Here we go. Yeah. You know, and it was like, I, I really, and that's like a total fault of mine that I've now learned is like, because now when I give him like, you know, so my, my release is free and I'm like, all right, free. Mm-hmm. go And he's like, hi, I love you. Like I'm healing. Like, look at me. Like, yeah what do we do? And I'm like, no, like go sniff stuff. Like go be a dog. Like you're fine. And he's very like, like it takes him a minute. Sure. So like, Yeah. And I think, I
1: think, I think yeah. too, you have to also consider that he's young. I mean, he's still, he's less than a year old and he's an intact male. So he's still developing. Yeah. So I yeah, think, that's... I think in a year you'll have a different dog, whether it's what you want or not. But I think it'll be, mm-hmm. I think, I think you'll see a lot more maturity, a lot more consistency with his behavior. You know, just like yeah. with teenagers they're it's, it's a constant like up and down of like what they're trying to, you know, hormones and emotion. Oh, and... that's
0: just it. I mean, cause we have days that like, it's like in terms of like other dogs or yeah. whatever, just like, you know, his overall like obedience and everything. Yeah. Like we have days that he's like totally put together and awesome. And then we have days that I'm like, where, why do I have a 10 week old puppy in a 90 pound body? Yeah. Like what, you know, like yeah. what, what happened, you know? Um, and so it's just, you know, we just kind of take it like day by day at this point. Um, now in terms of following up with you, that's something that I want to do, but I don't know like is there like a, a time frame on that? Like
1: Yeah, I would just I would like, work on email you questions or Yeah, I would just work on what you what you what you're supposed to be working on and then yeah, you can shoot me an email and just give me an update and ask me some questions and that'll be fine.
0: Okay, sweet, sweet. And then, you know, I'll probably at some point we'll probably do another session with this or something like that. I mean yeah. this has been super helpful. I'm just kind of learning like that's the problem. I'm so involved in like the local like dog sport community yeah. and dog shows and so so many people are like oh how stark doing and like i'll mention like oh you know we're having issues here and there and i get so much different feedback from people yeah and finally i was like you know what forget all this like i'm just gonna sit down with like somebody who i know knows what they're doing and i know like has most likely seen this before and yeah what's gonna work yeah i think
1: it's I- yeah and i and i think it's just about doing and I think that that's why the information that I provide to people hits hard because I, I, I you know I'm just like I'm a dog owner and a dog lover way before I was a professional I wasn't yeah. like a mechanic that said I want to work with dogs I just organically got into dogs because I've I've worked with them my entire life and then yeah. I was like I, that'd be great to like be able to actually make a living off this and it just folded into that and so I'm you know I'm very honest and, and I think that I think for me, it's just really about what makes sense to you guys. Because if you get put into a box, you're like, this is our box. This is the training that we should do. you know, That's why I told you in the beginning of the conversation, I'm like, geez, you know, this could go so many different ways at any given time. You have to just do what feels right for you at that time. But here's a couple of, of advice and tips to, you know, I'm not telling you like, this is the curriculum you have to follow. And if you don't, you're going to fail. I'm like, try some of these. And, and I don't ever try to tell people exactly what they have to do with their dog because, I'm not there. I don't know, you know, yeah. even, even when, do- and, but that's the good thing about like the online program is even dog owners who come in, I still give them the same advice I would be giving you because I'm, even though they're standing in front of me and I'm working their dog, I still don't know what's going to happen because I'm not there. So I try to give people and I get, I get flack for it. Cause I give people 10 different flavors instead of just one where I'm like, try these 10 different things because sometimes, um, and that's what makes me very non-traditional. I'm not going to put anybody in a box and say, this is what you have to do. Here's how to do it. Um, I, I give people the option to do what what works for them and feels right for them. And I think that that's, I don't know, that's my style. So.
0: No, I like it. I like it for sure. I mean, there's a reason we're here.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Well, I, w- um, I wish you the best of luck. Um, yeah, go work on that stuff. Um Send me an email uh, whenever you feel like you've gather, gathered enough data to to report back to me, and then we'll go from there.
0: Sounds good. Um, last thing, sure. I, I was listening to your podcast the other day, and you mentioned something about a potential seminar out here in California this year. Yeah. If and when you figure out and iron out all those details, I know with like everything going on right now, it's uncertain. But if you could shoot me an email with those details, I'm yeah. super interested. And I will. Willing to drive- Anywhere,
1: so. Yeah, we're 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 trying to do LA. We have a place in LA um, that okay. that we've worked with before, um, but everything has just been pushed back. Um, so yeah. you know, we have a. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know, and it'll be posted okay. via social media, but yeah, I'm hoping over the next couple of weeks, things start to roll back into like a normalcy and exactly. yeah, you I know, know, it's... people, people now learn how to like wash their hands moving forward. And I think, I think we'll be I'm in sure. a better spot. So yeah, hopefully
0: so many people have little 20 second segments of songs to sing to themselves. I, know. It's, I, know, it's, I
1: know it's funny. It's like, but yeah, um, I'll roll that out as soon as we, I'm kind of just like, you know, neutral right now and everything. I don't want to plan anything because of everything's changing. So yeah, I'll let you know uh, for sure.
0: Okay, awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, it was nice to meet you. Good luck. Have a good day.
0: Nice to meet you too. Bye-bye. you too. Bye.
1: All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's podcast. Again, thank you to our sponsors, Dogtra, Dogtra dogtra.com. You can visit their website for all their remote callers. This was a great uh, podcast. I really enjoyed talking to this individual about uh, Stark and trying to develop uh, a better game plan in the future. I know a lot of people deal with situations like this all the time. It's unfortunate, but... It happens. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at Tom Davis and uh, check out my YouTube channel. Just search Upstate Canine Academy in the YouTube bar and it'll give you a lot of videos and things like that. If you haven't yet, uh, you can screenshot this and tag me on Instagram. I'll repost it on my story. I always like to see where people are from and what they're doing. And as well as leaving us a review in the uh, review section below on your podcast platform. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. Peace.